Don't turn it off now. You need this stuff. Tampa Bay's Tantalk Radio Network. Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kurt at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. Hey guys, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio Cars, and you know I dig stuff out of the 50s, 60s, and 70s. Well, I'll tell you what, there's a shop in town specializing in vintage, retro, mid-century collectibles. Everything from toys, games, pinball machines, video games, fashion items, TV lunch boxes, slot cars, models, and more. Bobby, what's the name of that store? The, the Cool Shop. Shop. Yes, located at 9265 Seminole Boulevard in Seminole, Florida. Give them a shout, 727-201-9489. The, the Cool Shop. Shop.com. Hi, this is Tim Del. And I'm Lou Angel Wolf, and we are the Grease Gurus. Our show is broadcast every Saturday morning live at WTAN Tan Talk Radio 1340. That's 10 o'clock every Saturday morning for an automotive forum that is flavored with humor and insight. We encourage you to call in and be part of the Grease Gurus show. We'd love to have you, and we will certainly help you find your inner grease. This show is sponsored by Tim's Performance Service Center and beautiful Tarpon Springs at 906 Verona Place. And you can reach us personally at 727-543-1601. Aha. Tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and I'm your show host, Robert. Running your computers in Google Tantalk1340.com, and you can see us live here in the studio in downtown Clearwater. Don't forget, hey, a big shout out to our friends up at WQBQ up in Leesburg, Florida, the voice oh, of Lake yes, County. Yes, yeah, is. WQBQ, welcome to our affiliate station up there. And uh, let's see, uh, when you go to our website, don't forget to check out our archives page because then you can uh, hear all our past shows. 250 of them. No, 350 of them. As a matter of fact, we have a eight-year anniversary coming up, and I think the show's going to be on the 16th of next month, 16th of May. Considering we started... We begin our eighth year. We begin our eighth year, We have yeah. a seven-year anniversary. Our, no, what's well, eight, because we're going okay. into our eighth year, right. Because we started in... Uh, what did we start? We started May 13th, Well, last year we celebrated a six-year anniversary, so, so wherever we go from there, I guess. Well, let's see. I have 2010 to 2001, so that'd be 2011. So 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. Seven. I guess it is seven years. That's right. Yeah, going, that's just, that's just what we call the anniversary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seven years going into the eighth. Okay, I just... You know what I think I have to do? I think I have to go back to school and learn arithmetic. Well, it's a good thing we started in 2010. It makes it a little easier to... Yeah, to do the math. <laughs> anyway, uh, Bobby, would you like to do the social media honors, please? Yes, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, LinkedIn, at Nostalgic Radio and Cars, at NRC on Air, and at Gulfstream Motorsports. Yes. Now, we uh, for our anniversary show, we tentatively have scheduled a gentleman who is a 
very well-known race car driver. He actually competed in the very first 1948 Watkins Glen race. Okay, just to kind of put this in perspective. But his birthday, and it's going to remain hush-hush, his birthday is May 12th. But his birthday, he will be 100 years old. Now, that would be a really cool kind of like uh, celebration there because we're going into our eighth year, our seventh year anniversary, and this gentleman is celebrating his 100th birthday. So we wish him the best of luck. He is a little um, apprehensive, shall we say, about coming on the radio show. So what we might do is we might end up pre-interviewing him, but we've been talking about this for a number of months. So it's just a matter of him getting kind of geared up to do that. If nothing else, if nothing else, what we will do is we will call him up and wish him a happy 100th anniversary. So that's pretty cool. Now and that would be fun. Yeah. yeah, that would be real interesting. Now he raced at Watkins Glen. He raced at Sebring. He raced all over Europe. He was a sports car racer. He also owned one of the first original Toyota dealerships in the United States of America in uh, New England, in Connecticut, I believe. And uh, one of the cars that he took possession of in the 60s was one of the very first Toyota 2000 GTs left-hand drive they came to the United States, and uh, a few months ago, we were at uh, Hollywood Wheels. We had an auction. Big shout-out to our friends at Hollywood Wheels, especially Kelly, my sweetheart down there, who I work with in the office all the time. And, yeah, you too, Mike. And, of course, Flo. And Hook. <laughs> but at any rate, so Mike had the uh, Toyota 2000 on display there, and uh, it was a pretty cool car. Now, an interesting story. I'm going to talk about it now because... The uh, the cat is out of the bag, so to speak. But the car was sitting up there in the parking lot all by its little old lonesome. And one of my jobs when I work for Hollywood Wheels, besides being a reader and handling consignments and dealing with customers and stuff, is uh, to uh, check in the cars and make sure, you know, do VIN verifications and so forth. Well, this little beautiful, cute little Toyota 2000 was sitting up there all by its little old lonesome in the parking garage at the Omni Amelia Island Plantation Resort, right? So I was making my pass through the parking lot just to make sure the cars were all locked and everything like that. But this particular car, along with a few others, happened to have the key in the ignition. So I promptly sat in the car. I thought that was kind of cool. I sat inside the car and I said, wow. When I opened the door, and this is what I tell you guys, because I do appraisals and stuff and, and, and pre-purchase inspections on cars. Cars have an attitude. Say what you want, they do. To a true car guy, car has a feel. Well, when I got in this car, the feeling... The aura of the car was just so, like, original, and it was, like, almost talking to me, right? So while I was sitting there looking around, and the Toyota 2000 GT is an amazing car. It was actually designed by Yamaha for Yamaha by, I think, an outside company, and the engine was actually developed by Yamaha. But what happened was is they were going to build a sports car, but then at the last minute they aborted the car, and Toyota picked up where they kind of left off. So Toyota finished the car. So it is a Yamaha-powered car, and they developed a twin overhead cam engine on it. But it wasn't a really, really fast car, but it was definitely a cool car. And if you remember the movie James Bond, the James Bond movie, You Only Live Twice, they featured a Toyota 2000 GT in there. As the story goes, Sean Connery is six foot two. He couldn't fit in the car comfortably. So what they did is they basically hacked the roof off for the purposes of the movie so he could jump in during the getaway. Anyway, so here we are, back to the Toyota 2000. I'm sitting in the car, right? Beautiful car. Red car, black interior. Yeah, keys there. So I start hearing little voices in my ears, and they say, start the car, drive the car, start the car, drive the car. I just said, got to start it up. Beautiful sound, absolutely amazing sound. Kind of like a Porsche, you know, but just a really, really nice, well-tuned inline six, right? So I took a little gander to the left, a little gander to the right, and there was nobody there. And I thought, you know what? This car is begging, begging for me to drive this car. So I went. I couldn't go on the street because I didn't have a tag on it, but I did drive around the parking garage. So here I am. I'm driving up the parking garage, and it's a pretty good-sized parking garage. So I was able to get it in second gear, just kind of walk through the gears. You know, I was in a little spurt and got first gear, a little spurt in second gear. And I was just absolutely amazed at how tight and how solid that car was. And I returned back, and I parked the car. Needless to say, I got out of the car, and I took one, one more look at it. And all of a sudden, I heard, What the? Needless to say, 
I got chewed out. But that's okay. It was well worth it. <laughs> so, anyway, hey, Bob, we got a break coming up here? Got some music? Eh, in about a minute. In about a minute. Okay, I just want to make sure I don't run over too much on our story here. Now, what did we do this weekend? There's a couple car shows. We went up to the Villages. Big shout-out to the guys up at the Villages. Pretty cool car show up there. Don't forget to check out Flipper's Pizzeria up there if you go to... Uh, to the villages because they got a number of stores around here and uh who knows we might get lucky they might sponsor us but at any rate really cool car show a lot of neat stuff up there uh if you go to our facebook page in the front of flippers restaurant there's a really nice 62 thunderbird kind of a mild custom with some nice wheels on a beautiful paint job gorgeous car there was a number of mustangs up there and oddly enough you never know who you run into we were sitting there walking through the parking lot a gentleman had a mustang up there turns out He's an old acquaintance from down here, from Pinellas County. So a lot of people are kind of like making a mass exodus out of Pinellas County, heading to Hernanda County, Lake County, Citrus County, and uh, Sumter and Marion County. And uh, so the bus is leaving, as they say, right, Bobby? Yep. The bus is leaving. So anyway. Even Pasco, Hernando, Citrus? <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. That's right. So, uh, but anyway, so up this weekend, we got the Florida Toe Show in Orlando. That's this weekend. The British Car Show at the Plantation. So you can check out the Tampa Bay British Car Club. they got a really nice little venue going on up there. And the HSR Vintage Races, the Walter Mitty at Road Atlanta. And, of course, if you are uh, making your way up to uh, uh, Hernando County, don't forget, downtown Brooksville. This weekend is the uh, Blueberry Festival, right, Bobby? Yes, it is. The yes, blue, it is. The, <laughs> that's a tongue twister. Blue, Brooksville Blueberry Festival. <laughs> Brooksville Blueberry Festival. So anyway, hey, you are tuned into the Southern Green Cars. We got a little Jay Giles for you. You know, he was also a big car guy. Started KTR uh, Motorworks up in uh, New England. So little Jay Giles, Detroit. What's it called, Bobby? Detroit Breakdown. Detroit Breakdown. Hey, tune into the Southern Green Cars. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. This is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kurt, at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. 
Hi, this is Tim Del Toro. And I'm Lou Angel Wolf, and we are the Grease Gurus. Our show is broadcast every Saturday morning live at WTAN 10 Talk Radio 1340. That's 10 o'clock every Saturday morning for an automotive forum that is flavored with humor and insight. We encourage you to call in and be part of the Grease Gurus show. We'd love to have you, and we will certainly help you find your inner grease. This show is sponsored by Tim's Performance Service Center in beautiful Tarpon Springs at 906 Verona Place, and you can reach us personally at 727-543-1601. Aha. You may be owed some money. After 911 and 411, call 541. That's 727-541-1741. Call Gulfstream Motorsports for a diminished value report. Due to my 28 years experience in the auto salvage business, I'm very good with wrecks. So if your car's been involved in a wreck, call me for a diminished value report. Call 727-541-1741. You may be owed some money for the lost value of your repaired vehicle. And visit us at GulfstreamMotorsports.com. Okay, we're back, and you're tuning into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. And, uh, yeah, in a little bit, we're going to have a uh, special guest come on, and we're going to talk about cars. This is what we Whoa. do here. Can you imagine that? This is what we do here at Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Now, of course, we played Jay Giles, and we played uh, Detroit Breakdown, and that's, uh, that goes out to our uh, our Detroit friends up at the Villages, because there's a lot of guys up there from the Motor City. Right? And it's a tribute to... Uh, and it's a tribute to Jay Giles, because he uh, unfortunately passed away last week, but he was a huge car guy. And uh, Jay Giles originated out of the Boston area, and uh, they were a huge band back in the late 60s and throughout the 70s and some parts of the 80s. So anyway, he'll be missed, but uh, when he split with the band back in the uh, 70s, he had a strong passion for cars. He's kind of like Nick Mason, of uh, the drummer for Pink Floyd. He loved Ferraris and exotic cars, so Nick Mason's another one, you know, as well as Eric Clapton, Jeff Beck. All these guys are car guys. And uh, they've got their and uh, they they have their own special collection. Let's see who's the uh, Dire Straits. Who's that? Is that um, what's the guy's name from Dire Straits, Bobby? Your memory's a little bit better, mine. But uh, oh yeah, Mark Knopfler. He has a uh, huge collection of uh, exotic Italian cars as well. But anyway, so uh, Jake Isles, he collected Italian cars. He had a few Ferraris, but mostly Alfa Romeos and uh, and cars of that nature. I think he had some rare Fiats and stuff, and I think some rare Lancias. But a number of Italian cars. Let's see, I can't think. My mind's just went blank as usual. This is what happens when you get old. But at any rate, uh, so he uh, started KTR Motorsports, and what they did is they uh, did some repairs and maintaining of race cars for people up in the New England area that raced in uh, New England, uh, specifically Lime Rock, and uh, would go up to uh, Watkins Glen. By the way, Watkins Glen is a huge, huge, huge historic race track, and uh, it originally started downtown, Watkins Glen. It's since been moved up on the hill up in Watkins Glen, but that race is Labor Day weekend with a little bit of luck. We'll be up there at that particular event because that's going to be a lot of fun. A couple other things that are coming up. Uh, Speed Culture is going to have their first annual uh, Best of the Bay, or second, I guess. Yeah, first. Okay, second. Second. Well, no, this is the one year anniversary second, show. Yeah. At, at uh, Quaker Steak and Lube. Yeah, the, how about that? On the 29th. And then our friends over at Vortex Motorsports in Tampa also has their show, a little get-together on uh, the 29th over there in Tampa. And then the British Sports Car Club, Tampa Bay British Sports Car Club, has their annual picnic at Philby Park on the 29th. So there's a lot of stuff going on on the 29th. So that's next weekend. So anyway. Oh, we have to uh, quickly enlighten everyone on, uh, and thank Charlie, uh, and also enlighten them on why we oh, had to meet Charlie this yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Meet you, up with him. If you go to our Facebook page, uh, where were we coming back from? We were coming back from something. I don't remember what we did. Oh, we went uh, to, oh yeah, our friends over at uh, Tampa Bay. No, Eurocycles. Eurocycles of Tampa Bay. Eurocycles in Tampa Bay was doing the unveiling the other night. I think it was a Saturday night? Yeah, of the um, their new little Ducati. Friday. Their, their entry level, yeah, Friday, their entry level Ducati. So Bobby and I drove Miss Moneypenny up there, our trusty little 74 MGB GT. And uh, on the way back, we're deep up and down the road, and uh, I think Bobby was doing some social media, so what I was doing, I was driving. And then all of a sudden, I was see at night. You well, know, I, I hope it wasn't the other way around. Yeah, that's true, that's true. So at night, um, the, the in typical British car fashion, we don't have really, really, really bright lights in those cars, especially the dash light. So a few minutes earlier, I looked over to Bobby, and I go, Bobby, can you look over at the gauge? Because my, with my glasses, I don't see very well at night, very good sometimes. And I said, what's the gas gauge read? Because I knew it was getting low. He says, nah, well, it's almost down there. And I'm looking at it and that when we rolled up to the traffic light. And it was just a hair off the, the empty mark. So I figured, ah, we're good. We'll make it the Wawa's on, on uh, Golf of the Bay. Because I have to run non-ethanol gas in that thing because of the carburetors, right? 
So anyway, we make a left off of Sunset Point Road in Hercules, and we just passed, what was it, Rally there, or whatever it is, or Speedway or something? No, Rally or something. Anyway, yeah, rally. all of a sudden it starts sputtering, and it dies, right? And I go, you got to be kidding me. Well, fortunately, we weren't too far from our shop, which is about a three-quarters of a mile down the road. So I said, ask her, let's just walk down the shop, we'll get the roll back, and uh, we'll snatch her, right? But this time, as we're getting out of the car, and I'm locking the car, pickup truck rolls by and goes, hey, Robert, Robert. You, uh, something wrong, you need a help, you need a lift. And sure enough, it's Charlie. And uh, so big shout out to Charlie, thanks for uh, giving us a lift. But I mean, he couldn't have timed it any better. I just <laughs> closed the door, just locked the door. So we had to pile in there, but he had all the stuff in the front seat. It was a little Toyota or Datsun truck, whatever it was. So Bobby basically and I had to kind of like scoot in the front there. And Bobby had the door half open. He was hanging on to it. I'm holding on to Bobby so the door doesn't fly open so he can give us a ride down the shop. We go get the roll back. We run back down there. I bring a gas can, of course. I get about a gallon of gas, put it in Miss Money Penny. She fires right up. So, but the, see, you can't, it was, it's, this is what we call a classic case of, I call it gas tank roulette. And uh, so what happened was you can't always go by the gauge, but I relied on the gauge because I always was able to get it really, really close. And then I would go get fuel. Well, this particular time, uh, she let me down or I, either my, or my eyeballs were screwed in sideways in my, in my head. But any rate, that was our little escapade with Miss Money Penny. But, you know, she put gas in her and she fired right up and we got her down to, uh, Wawa's and put about another fifteen dollars worth of fuel in it, unleaded or no? Right, uh, what a lot of shameless plugs today, but anyway. a lot of, a lot of <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, what do we put in? Oh, not ethanol. So anyway, yep. So, so uh, there we go. GF Joe Bakery. Thanks. <laughs> GF Joe Bakery. Thanks. Yeah, Joe uh, Piscotti. How do you pronounce his last name? Piscotti. Yeah. Well, something that's, like that. That's is that an alias? That's what that's that's what we use on the radio. That's what we use on the radio. Okay. <laughs> Anyway, so that's that. Bobby, how are we doing on time here? We got a break we got to go yeah, to? Let's, we go got... here. let's go here. some Stephen Stills. Okay, we got a little Stephen Stills for you, and we got our guest coming on. And uh, this gentleman's got, uh, you know, another. We have automotive royalty coming on this evening again, you know? And it's real interesting. It's real fun to have people on that are kind of uh, in the family, and it's passed on generations after generations. Really cool. Hey, you're tuning in to Nostalgia for Getting Cars. Don't touch that dial. A little Stephen Stills for you. Soldier. Training, sir! Training, sir! What kind of training, son? Army training, sir! Army training, sir! <laughs> Just like last night, only better! Here! Patch order! Ho! Order! Ho! South step! Right! Who wanted the chicken cross the road? Three, 
Yes, sir. These are Sergeant Hulker's men. He was injured during basic training. I see. So am I to understand that you men completed your training on your own? That's the fact, Jack! That's the fact, Jack! Captain? Yes, sir. These are exactly the kind of go-getters I want working on my EM-50 project in Italy. Oh, oh but, sir, these men... Don't are... butt me, Captain. I want them on the plane tonight. Gentlemen, it's party time, Italian style. Hi, everybody, this is David Hobbs, racing driver and speed commentator, and you're listening to Nostalgia Radio and Cars. Okay, we're back, and it's time to introduce our special guest for the evening. Gentleman has racing heritage in his blood, and uh, he's an associate at Grand Touring Cars in Scottsdale, Arizona, which sells some of the finest racing cars and sports cars in the country. And he's also the developer of his own automotive app called Hammer Price. I'm delighted to welcome to the show this evening Harley Cluxton the Fourth. Harley, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. Thanks so much for having me on. Super. Well, we're glad to have you here. Let's uh, let's start uh, with. Uh, Hammer Price, since uh, that was the last thing I introduced. So tell us a little bit about Hammer Price. Actually, I pulled it up on the website here, but go ahead and give us a little uh, overview of it. Yeah, absolutely. So um, Hammer Price is just an, an awesome tool in that it reports all of the collector car auction results in real time. So uh, if you take uh, Amelia Island, for example, and you've got um, you know RM Gooding, and um, bottoms all going on, or you know, maybe a better example would be uh, you know Pebble Beach Week, uh, Monterey Car Week, and you've got all the auctions going on at the same time. You don't have to try to be everywhere all at once because the app uh, will record all of uh, the, as I said, auction results uh, as they happen. Um, so it's uh, it's a fantastic tool. Uh, not only do you get the auction results in real time, but it. it Sort of as a byproduct, has turned into a really great way of tracking prices of cars at auction. Um, you can set up uh, what's called a portfolio in the app, um, and that allows you to put together a hit list of cars that you're interested in. And every time one sells at auction, um, you get an email, um, and it'll just be a single email that has everything that's on your list uh, included in it. Um, for the uh, previous day. So anything that's sold the day prior uh, will show up in your, your little portfolio report. You can set up alerts for specific lots you're interested in, uh, if you're a consigner um, or if you're interested in bidding. Um, and, uh, yeah, so we came up with it because uh, I grew up um, going to all these auctions and um, – as much as I enjoy sitting through the entire auction in its entirety, uh, sometimes, you know, nature calls or you want to get up and get food or um, run from one auction to another. And um, that's in part uh, the problem that Hammer Price solves is, uh, or I should say, in addition to, uh, again, just being able to keep quick track of, of um, prices of cars at auction uh, without having to run to all of the different auction company websites. So, yeah, that's that's it in a nutshell. That's it in a nutshell. Okay, the website's called HammerPriceLive.com. Is that it? Yes. Yep. Okay. And that is just and, and that's just the uh, the marketing site, which will uh, paint a little bit of uh, uh, of color into what the app does. And uh, then, if you'd like to hit one of the links, um, those for either um, Google Play or iOS, it'll then uh, jump you over to the App Store where you can download the app. Okay. And is the app's free, right? It is free. Okay. Super. Now, the so let's just say, for example, I'm in uh, Amelia Island, and I'm at uh, yep. Hollywood Wheels Auction, for example. Yep. And we know that uh, Motostalgia is going on. And we know that mm -hmm. RM's going on, and we know Bottoms is, mm -hmm. might be going on, or might be the day before. Mm -hmm. But anyway, let's just say it's going on. Let's say there's five auctions going on simultaneously. So basically what I do is I download this app, and I'm watching mm -hmm. what's going on at Hollywood, right? Mm -hmm. But I'm actually there, mm -hmm. and I'm experiencing that particular auction. But you're, mm -hmm. you have – now, the information is collected how? Manually? So in other words, you actually have a, yes. a person – physically at Bonhams, at Motostalgia, at RM, at Gooding, correct? And they're entering the information real-time 
So if I'm sitting at, uh, at let's say, Hollywood, and I know that there's a 68 Shelby coming up, let's say it's lot uh, 100, and we're at lot 42 right now, so I know mm-hmm. that, it, that uh, at 58 cars from now, there's a 68 Shelby, but I also know that Bonham's just sold one for mm-hmm. a 68, let's say, earlier than we did, and I want to know what that car sold for. So will it give me the condition of the car, or does it just give me the price of the car? In other words, does it give me details of the car, or does it give me all the information on the car, or just the price? It will give you the price and details, short strokes in terms of details being the color, the chassis number, odometer reading, and obviously we all know odometer reading, that's a slippery slope. Um, <laughs> so whether or not it's actual mileage, yeah. again, best place to go is to your favorite um, you know, auction uh, house, and uh, talk to um, your, you know, the specialist that you like, or you know, just get on the horn and talk with those guys because they're the ones who are going to um, really sketch in all the detail. Um, and as far as Hollywood Wheels goes, um, we have been following Hollywood Wheels uh, for a few years, and um, we do not have them in the app. But that is just as simple as getting on the horn with Hollywood, and if they'd like to be included in the app. That is free. All they need to do is um, send us their runless data, and we will pop it in there. Um, but uh, the the neatest thing about it, I think, in you were um, just kind of uh, circling around it, was being able to see what's happening across town and knowing, okay, well, this other car I was interesting interested in just did this price, and I know this car, so um, you know, let's. Let's see what it does. Maybe, um, especially if you've got like a ton of cars um, of the same type that are going across, you know, six or eight in an auction week, and you start to pick up on the fact that nothing is selling or stuff is going way lower than uh, the reserve. And so it, it can kind of guide you a little bit in maybe where you want to um, bid and where you want to stop bidding. Um, well, but. Well, Okay, good. Let me just interject for a second here. So, in other words, let's just say, for example, the Shelby that was at Bonhams, okay? And let's yeah. just say that was a 428 Cobra Jet car, but it was an automatic. It had no air. And let's say the one going yep. through Hollywood Wheels is a four-speed car with air, which is rare. So, if I can kind right. of get the information from you ASAP, like real-time right now, you know, in time, so, and let's say that car sells for, let's say, like $90,000, $90,000. This car being a four-speed air car, I know should be a little bit more. It's a little bit nicer car. I really wasn't interested in that car, but I'm interested in this one. So, basically, what that does is that helps me get a ballpark idea of what the car should bring. Because, as we all know, the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? The environment or the atmosphere of the bidding at Amelia Island versus Scottsdale versus Monterey is different. Is that a fair statement? Yeah, for sure. Okay, good. So I just want to make sure. Now, I'm going to draw another analogy. I'm going to throw in sports car market into the mix here. So I want you to mm-hmm. to kind of like those of us, like I used to write for sports car market from time to time. Yep. I would go cover some of their auctions. So as an auction analysis reporter, what I would do is I would go out there. I would look at the cars ahead of time, and I would write the report. I would do the VIN check on it. I would do the Odos mm-hmm. check on it. I would do mm-hmm. a description of the car. So basically, and then we would have to wait until after the auction, and then... 30 days or whatever before it got published in a magazine. So basically what you're doing is what I did for sports car market that you won't find out about for 40 days unless you were there. You do this real time, correct? Totally. Yep. Excellent. Well, that's, 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 that's super because that's going to help anybody that's in the business and wants to buy and sell cars. That's going to aid them. I mean, that's a tremendous tool. Yeah, and that's, you know, the one thing that we wanted to stay away from, um, you asked earlier about uh, conditions and stuff like that, and conditions are, that's something that's really, really difficult, and we caution against, um, again, if you want to know what's going on in terms of how good the car is, you want to look at the auction description at the actual auction company's website, and you want to get on the horn with a specialist that you trust at those auction houses to make sure that everybody's on the same page. Um, we didn't want to go down the route of, um, of publishing conditions or anything like that because it is so, as you well know, um, it's beauty's in the eye of the beholder. The car, yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's so much inventory to try to go and actually look over carefully and know that it's the right car. 
um, and know that it, it's, it's what it needs to be. And I think that one of the tough things that you find um, a lot of, uh, you know, companies out there trying to do with condition reporting and things like that is, you know, when you look it over for five minutes and then you slap a condition, you know, rating on it, that's, I think, uh, not a really good way of doing it um, because you can, it's, so many of these cars are like snowflakes, aren't they? <laughs> you know, what? You, yeah. you spend the time <laughs> to, to go through them, you know, it's, it's, so anyway. Um, well, to, your, yeah, to, to your point is your interpretation of a, let's, and let's just use number one through number five, one being the best. Yep. Your interpretation of a number one, number two car is not going to be the same necessarily as mine. And then let's just say you specialize in Jaguars, okay, or Ferraris. Yep. And now you're sitting there trying to assess the condition of a, of a Mustang. Well, it's shiny. It's red. It's got new upholstery in it. It looks mm-hmm. nice. And, and you and I both know that most cars that go through auctions, okay, let's just use Barrett and let's just use uh, Russo and let's use uh, Mecham as an example. Most of those cars are strong threes, maybe twos. It's rare to find a number one car going through those cars. Unlike at Bonham's, Goodings, RM, you will find a number. Chances are you will find a number one car there. And, and and a lot of twos and some threes. So w- the, I, I agree with you. We're on the same page there because you really it's hard to put condition down because unless you actually physically put a set of eyeballs on it, you really don't know. Yep. Yeah, and you as, as you pointed out, you've got to know the car you're looking at too. So I I mean you you need to know MGs. You know you need to know Ferraris. You need to know Cobras. You need to know uh, Camaros um, if you're going to because whether or not it's shiny and the interior looks nice really um, doesn't have a ton to do with um, in, in so many ways and so many types of cars in the, the true value of the car. Um, and so it's a dangerous thing. Sports car market has always done a fantastic job, really, uh, in, in my opinion, overall. It's a Herculean effort, and, and I think that they'll spend the time to, to go over cars. Um, it's, you know, when you when you start turning into a factory just trying to kick out condition reporting though um that's a that's a dangerous thing man um so uh yeah but the app um is it was always intended to save everybody time and just do one thing really well which is report auction results uh as they happen and it allows you to be able to see what's happening in a given night um and uh you know uh kind of look at trends but um you know, learning as much as you can about the cars and as much as you can about the market is always uh, king. That's that's how you want to be. So we certainly don't want anybody looking at it thinking, you know, that uh, that's the end all be all um, in terms of the values. Um, but, um, you know, because you can have a rough night and, and nobody in the room and a really great car will uh, go for nothing. And um, so, yeah, it does give it a fair a fair a cool assessment. Thing. Yeah. Okay. Now tell me this. Yeah. So for, let's say, for example, you've got uh, like Meekums is coming up, their big anniversary sale up in Indy. Okay. Yeah. And then, Indy. Yeah. And then you're in Dallas right now. So you've got, uh, let's see, World, Worldwide Leaks is coming up. Yep. So yep. let's just say you've got an auction in New England. And let's just say you got one in California. And let's just say you got one in India. And let's just say you got one in Kansas. And let's say you got one in Florida. And let's just say you got one in Dallas. How do you cover all those auctions? We have staff in the room. Or we have staff streaming online. Okay. And uh, we also cover the major um, European auctions as well. So um, <laughs> we'll also, you know, have uh, auctions going on in Paris or London. Um, it's the same time that we have uh, auctions going on here in the States. But, yeah, so uh, the app is designed to handle um, hundreds of auctions in real time. Oh, wow. Um, it's, yeah, absolutely. So. Because um, in Europe, you're going to have Coys, RM's going to be over there, Bonhams is going to be mm-hmm. over there. So, yep. and that's some serious hardware going on over there. <laughs> that's, yeah, man. It's, it's, those cars are yeah, amazing. Off the globe. Yeah. And you've got, um, you can also um, choose to see the uh, results with or without commission. And we go in and um, confirm that we have all of the uh, commission formulas correct, uh, especially in Europe. Um, it's a blended metric. Uh, which, which I'm sure you know, um, mm-hmm. so that it's a certain percentage up to fifty thousand dollars, and then over fifty thousand or uh, euro or pound. Um, it's a blended rate with another percentage. So uh, we handle all of that, and um, we also uh, allow you to see the results in um, seven different currencies. Okay, so, are there pictures? Yeah, 
pictures on your uh, there on are your... we okay good yes so we have a single picture of each vehicle a hero shot and we design that layout and one of the reasons why we don't have a ton of information like a full-on auction description which is we continue to develop if that's something that we can figure out in a really streamlined way to where it doesn't bog down the user experience we may do um but uh yeah we have one single photo of each car which is just that that um call it a hero shot, but it's the lead photo that, um, uh, that the auction, the auction use. companies will, yeah, will use for that particular car. And um, again, the whole reason why we keep the information limited is because what we always found being in the collector car business, when I say we, myself and, and good friend Hardy Drackett, known him since we were 12, grew up together in Arizona. And um, so it's just been he's awesome. And we've had the best time developing this. But um Anyway, we have always found that whether it was the different auction companies' websites um, or, you know, cars.com or anything else, it just it always felt like whenever we were trying to find information about a car on a mobile device, it was always really chopped up, and it, you just kind of get a helmet fire. You know, you get overwhelmed because there's all this information, and you feel like you're navigating away from where you want to be, and so... Yeah, like I said, we just wanted to have it be a straight run list with prices. Um, you can see if the car sold or what the high bid is. That's another advantage to the okay. app. A lot of times the auction companies won't report the high bids. And, um, yeah. That's super. So there are photos. Now, to kind of uh, expound on your experience, you are uh, Harley Cluxton IV, son of Harley Cluxton III, famous race car driver, and team owner of the Mirage team that I believe he acquired from where? John Wire Racing, right? Which was the golf yes, team? absolutely. Okay, yeah. which they're legendary because they won Le Mans and won Le Mans and won Le Mans. I mean, actually, John Wire goes way back to the 50s. He's just an incredible guy. So your dad's a super nice guy, and you guys have a place in Phoenix, Arizona, Scottsdale, actually. It's called Grand Train Cars. So you've got all this wealth of knowledge, this background, all these resources at your fingertips, at your disposal, plus this experience. So, therefore, this app, your time with the app, your time with the cars, the auctions, I mean, you know, what What? A, what? A, what a better, uh, you couldn't get a better, um, of, uh, I don't know what's the word I'm looking looking for here, um, person to actually develop this app because you got the first-hand experience of having been around all these cars. So, that's amazing. So, tell us, like, I was going to say, tell us a little bit about Grand Terrain Cars. Yeah, so, uh, Grand Terrain Cars, Dad started in 1972, and um, he was, um, a very early um, Lamborghini importer for the United States, uh, for the Western United States, and um, a very uh, young Ferrari dealer, uh, retail dealer. Um, I think at like, age 26 or 28 or something like that. And um, he got into uh, Ferraris um, after racing uh, for uh, Luigi Canetti um, and the North American racing team. And um, after that, um, got the, um, the, the franchise. And so he started out in, um, Illinois. And then, uh, in terms of territory, Ferrari asked, uh, that he look somewhere, uh, west of the Mississippi. And so he chose, um, Arizona because it was near California, near Nevada. And, um, from that part of Chicago, uh, there were also, um, a number of family friends who had moved out to, to Arizona. Um, previously. So yeah, that's how he ended up in Arizona. And um, it was shortly thereafter um, in 76, and he was still doing a little bit of racing um, right around then. And um, in 76, he bought the Gulf team or, or the Mirage racing car team and all the associated assets of Gulf research racing um, from uh, John Wire. And um, you'll remember that at the same time, um, that uh, John Wire was um, building these mirages. Uh, he also was um, had the uh, the we can't call it a factory team, but um, had the Golf uh, Porsche team, and um, so he was you know manufacturing the the Mirage racing cars in conjunction with developing the 917, and obviously he'd done crazy good things with uh, the GT40. Um, and uh, had won Le Mans 68 and 69 with that. And uh, the very first Mirage 
was a um, actually based on a GT40 chassis. It was like a it was a lightweight, and it was all that um, information that they had learned from that car that they you know subsequently due to homologation changes um, went and threw into the uh, the three uh, legendary Golf uh, GT40, um, which one was a, a prior uh, Mirage itself. Anyway, that was a huge digression. But um, yeah, so. Um, with Mirage and Grand Touring Cars, uh, Dad was also um, selling uh, Ferraris uh, new and um, importing Lamborghinis. And that was, um, growing up around it, it was interesting. There were a lot of really, really cool characters, but it was, you know, it was such a boutique thing, you know. And um, he would make jokes and call Grand Touring Cars Grand Towing Trucks <laughs> because it felt like he was just, you know, like constantly out, like, towing cars back. Um, and... You know, Ferraris, it's, it was, it was kind of like a family brand growing up. And, um, uh, you know, one thing that it, electronics, you know, radios, windows, lights, stuff like that was always kind of incidental. But the one place a Ferrari would never let you down was in terms of performance, you know. So you could just be whipping along and then have your headlights go ahead and close at, you know, 120 <laughs> miles an hour in the middle of the night. And that, you know. I guess I could be any manufacturer as well, but um, there was something that was so cool and romantic about Ferraris. Uh, I was born in 80, growing up around them in the 80s because there was always like some source of drama, you know, and they felt special, but like you never, and that's maybe one of the things I love about old cars, you know, you're never a thousand percent if everything's going to go well, um, you know, when you go and you fire up one of your cars and, and you go drive. Um, but uh, let's see, so... Well, let me ask um, you. Let me ask you this real quick, because you mentioned Lamborghinis. Yeah. Now, Wallace, who was the factory team, the factory race car test driver for Lamborghini, yeah. lived in Arizona. Did you get a chance to meet him? Was it Jim Wallace? Is that his name? I Bob Wallace. Bob Wallace. And, that's it. Uh, yeah. So my father actually brought Bob over um, to Arizona, and that's that's why he was in Arizona. Okay. Um, super. Yeah, and uh, I did not remember meeting Bob. I must have uh, just based on proximity, but. I don't remember meeting him, and I wish that I had made the time to go down and visit with him um, because, uh, I mean, talk about stories and just tremendous. Um, I mean, the guy was just, he was, you know, a wizard um, with engineering, and, and the, the, the stories are just hysterical that, that others around uh, Phoenix will account, um, especially when he was um, handling the, uh, you know, the, new Lamborghinis that were being um, sold through uh, Grand Touring Cars at that time, uh, which, incidentally, quick backtrack. So in conjunction with all the Ferrari stuff and the Mirage stuff, what Dad realized was happening and something that was very cool um, was that all of these old Ferrari racing cars and old racing cars that he had loved and his friends had raced, um, were they were old technology, and um, they were you know basically just rotting out side of a factory where they had gone to, you know, random people and they weren't, you know, they were in disuse. And um, early 70s, Steve Earl had come up with, uh, um, you know, the historic races in, uh, in California. And um, so now you had a place to use the cars and um, I mean, really, really use the cars. And that's um, from one perspective, I think uh, how that whole vintage racing car market sort of came into its own um, about that time. But, yeah, uh, back to Bob Wallace. Wish I'd uh, spent more time around him being uh, being a little bit older, but um, I did not. So now you you were telling me earlier that you had a chance to drive some of the most amazing cars. Give us some stories of some mm-hmm. of the really – we got about uh, four minutes left, so give, tell us some really cool stories about some really amazing cars that you had an opportunity to drive. Okay, so uh, the championship-winning Daytona Coupe Cobra 2601 – um, spent uh, a decent amount of time driving that car around. Super, super cool. Um, it's the the acoustics in it are nutty. Um, <laughs> really, really ridiculously loud um, compared to uh, much more so than I thought it would be. Um, uh, hadn't spent a lot of time around Cobras. Um, I that that was shocking, and it was amazing uh, how quick it was. Um, and that's a 289 car, too, right? That's a small block car. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. And um, really cool with those cars, too, which uh, never stopped dazzling me, is that they had air jack. 
um, you know, in, in period in 1965, uh, which was in 64, which was really cool. Um, to, uh, to lift the cars up. Um, Actually, you also, know, they, they first used it on the Daytona Coupes, and that surprised everybody at Le Mans back in the day when they raced that car in 64. So then they transposed that to the uh, 65 cars. But interesting note. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so I, I'm sorry if I misspoke there. No, um, no, that's but, good. No, yeah, you're, right, so you're right. You're right. You're right. Um, shocked at uh, driving that car, uh, 2601, back-to-back with uh, GTO, uh, for a GTO 3387, which was the first GTO to win a race uh, with Phil Hill um, at Daytona. Um, it was amazing to, it was really cool to experience the difference between, you know, these two arch rivals. And I was shocked. 3387 had, the motor was massaged in it, granted, but I was shocked at how quick it was because the last, you know, bigger Ferrari that I had driven was um, a 250 uh, a short wheel based California spider, which I, is so grossly underpowered. Um, there it's like driving a, a milk crate or like a skateboard or something <laughs> like that. So I wasn't, I wasn't expecting, you know, the GTO to have all this power. And, um, it was, I remember thinking that it, it, it was nearly like 289 Cobra quick, um, which is, which is quick. Um, and that's, that's been another, uh, car that um just you know blew me away compared to a 427 i never thought that 289 would be as uh, i guess peppy as you could say uh-huh. and they're just they still every time you drive them um they're so great and so fast so i i, I don't know what else um well, I'll tell you what, I'll maybe help you out here. We're just about up against the clock, okay. so here's what we'll do. Why don't you go ahead and plug the app one more time, and then if you want, plug Grand Train Cars, but tell everybody real quick how they can find out about the app. Yeah, absolutely. So you can find out about the app. It is called Hammer Price, and you can find out about it by going to www.hammerpricelive.com. Okay. Download it for free on the App Store or Google Play, and uh, you can learn more about Grand Touring Cars, which does... Uh, everything uh buying selling restoration management brokering consulting and uh you can visit grand turn cars at www.gtc-mirage.com super super well hey harley i want to thank you very much for coming on the show tonight be sure and say hi to your dad for me because we're looking forward to having him on the show and then the next time i'm out yeah and the next time i'm out in scotts well actually we got monterey coming up so uh with a little luck i'll see you in monterey and again, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank my special guest, Harley Cluxon IV, for coming on to Nostalgia Queen of Cars. Harley, take care. Hey, guys, don't forget to check out our website, GolfStreetMotorsports.com. If you miss any of our shows, check out our archive page, which is Nostalgia Queen of Cars. Find out more about what we're doing on our social media deal. Check out our Facebook page. In the meantime, we'll see you at some of the car shows. Stay safe, drive carefully, and love your family. telling tales out of school, but there's a fella in there who'll pay you $10 if you sing into his can. Downtown Dave. I'm not here to make a record, you dumb cracker. It broadcast me out on the radio. WTAN, Clearwater. FM 106.1. WCF, Dade City, Tampa Bay. WZHR, Zephyr Hills. FM 104.3. Listen. Listen.